Live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Uncle Strib. I have a very special guest going all the way back to Indy Nation. Yes. And uh, so you go ahead and introduce yourself. Of course. Hi. Um, like he said, I'm from Indy Nation. I went to Independence High School. Uh, we went to high school together. I think we had like a maybe like a theater class together. Yeah, I'm making it was. that up. Okay, theater class together, like 2010, 2011. Uh, but my name is Caroline Carlton. Um, from Franklin, Tennessee, currently live in Macon, Georgia, um, where I work at Mercer University um, in student success. Is that a good intro? That's fantastic, fantastic. Um, and so I guess let's start high school and work our way up to like present day. Okay. Um, and kind of give like what your, your thing was uh, in high school. Yeah, um, so in high school I played volleyball. I would say that was kind of like my only thing. Um, I was very much consumed um, by volleyball, my aspirations to be a college athlete. Like I really put a lot into, into volleyball, played all year round between high school volleyball and club volleyball. We were really good. Our high school team won state um, in 2008, continued on to the state tournament um, for a lot of years after that. So definitely, um, was very into volleyball, didn't understand much outside of the world of sports, didn't probably prioritize high school as much as I should. Mm -hmm. um, and then luckily it worked out. I went on to be a college athlete, but it's one of those like wish I knew then what I knew now things because volleyball or athletics, I feel like in my opinion, uh, it's kind of a means to an end for most people. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that, you know, when you're an athlete, you hang out with a lot of athletes, you are around a lot of athletes, and there's a lot of you in high school and less of you in college. And then, I mean, I, I don't know many pro athletes now. Don't know about you. You probably know more than me because the sport you played, you're more likely to go pro. Um, but I wish I would have maybe prioritized the classroom stuff a little bit more sooner um, because in high school, leaving high school didn't have a lot of much a lot of much, a lot of direction as far as what I wanted mm. to study or what I wanted to do. I actually went to college just thinking, Psh, I want to be a high school teacher so I can coach volleyball. Like I loved high school. I'd love to right. be back in high school and just coach volleyball. And that would be my life. Actually, that was what I planned to study and what I planned to do up until my senior year uh, when I was like, I don't know if I want to be in a classroom, like teachers don't get to leave for lunch. That didn't sound super exciting. So um, had like a sharp turn away from that uh, my senior year um, and did not did not take that route. But uh, like I said, um, I work at Mercer University currently, um, and that's where I played volleyball. Um, I played indoor volleyball there. But funnily enough, I was also on their beach volleyball team. Um, oh, wow. So in 2012, um, Volleyball uh, became a college sport. It wasn't NCAA yet. It was AVCA, which is the American Volleyball Coaches Association. Um, and Mercer was like one of the first schools to have it. And it was just like, hey, you're on the team. You play both. And my first ever time playing sand volleyball was a collegiate match, which was really scary. Um, that was like my first time not just like playing on the beach where, mm -hmm. you know, nothing matters. Um, and I studied political science and secondary education. I literally wanted to be a high school teacher and coach volleyball. Like I imagined myself being like, did you ever have coach A for uh, government? Yes. Yes. I, I'm government sure I did. teacher football coach. And it's like one of the assistant football coaches. I was like, I want to, I want to be coach A. Like his subject area seems really cool. It's like a lot more chill than a lot of other subjects. Like, so I majored in political science and wanted to be a high school government teacher, which is so weird. Um, because I could not imagine, I could not imagine being a, a, a teacher. Um, summers off would be pretty cool. Uh, so I ended up not doing student teaching. I had an internship at uh, the Georgia State Capitol my senior year, worked for a state representative, thought about politics for like half a second. And then I was like, I'm not super, super serious. I don't think politics is the correct route for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then I 
kind of stumbled upon coaching. Um, I got asked to be a GA uh, at a university, um, also in Macon. Um, it was a D3 women's college called Wesleyan College. Um, I got asked to be the GA. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So was went back to Georgia after being home in Tennessee for the summer. And um, a month into the season, the head coach got fired. Um, mm -hmm. And I hadn't started my grad program yet. And the AD called me into her office and was like, okay, so you have a few options. I was like, what? And she's like, oh yeah, we just fired the head coach. You have a few options. Uh, you can either continue to be the GA, start grad school, or be the interim head coach and defer grad school till the spring. Or you can just nix grad school altogether and be the head coach. And I was like, okay, pretty big decision. I'm 22. Um, how long, how long do I have to decide? And she was like two hours. Um, cause we have to post the job if you don't want it. And I was like, so I called, you know, some of my mentors, I called my college coach, some of my club coaches, I called my mom and I was like, what do I do? Like, and then I prayed about it, obviously, because that's what you have to do when you're making big decisions and just decided I have to do it because if someone new comes in, that's not me protecting these girls. Like I care about them. And obviously someone thinks I can do it if they're offering me the job. So I, um, but I decided I wanted to be interim first. Like I didn't want to just take the full dive. I was like, I'll do interim. I'll defer grad school and see how it goes. Uh, and then at the end of the season, they're like, we want you to be the head coach full time. Will you do it? I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. This is great. Except we were really bad. Um, this is not bad to say it's just facts we lost right. every single game um and it was hard it was hard because the girls were my age um a lot of the girls weren't necessarily recruited to play volleyball they were just on the volleyball team they had had a lot of different coaches over a lot of different years um funding was terrible uh, like my operating budget was like twelve thousand dollars for the whole season like uniforms hotels food equipment like twelve thousand oh, wow. dollars um which it's it was not a lot of money but I'm glad it was my first job because I didn't I didn't I didn't know like I was just like yeah this is fine like whatever it'll work out um and so I was there for a couple seasons and then I went to another university um another D3 school in Louisiana, Shreveport, Louisiana. It was called Centenary. Uh, that was much better. Uh, but there I kind of learned coaching wasn't really for me. Uh, and my whole coaching career was kind of a happy accident. Like I loved the game. I loved teaching the game. I loved the impact on the girls. But it was just a lot. And I was really young. And I never had that coaching development aspect because I was a head coach after a month. And I was kind of doing it on my own the whole time. Like I had assistants, part-time assistants throughout, um, but I was never really mentored in volleyball coaching. Mm -hmm. um, I was mentored by my athletic directors, but your athletic director doesn't necessarily know the sport you're coaching. Um, and they might be able to give you like general coaching tips, but actual advice to the game less so. Um, so through a pretty... It was a hard last year there. I was at Centenary for two years. And last year I was there, it was just rough for a lot of reasons. Like personal life wasn't good. Um, the team actually was good. It was like their best season in D3 program history. So that part was good. We were successful. We were winning. Um, yeah, I just had a lot going on with life and just decided that I, I couldn't do it. Like coaching is not a job at all. It's a lifestyle. Uh, and yeah. if you can't treat it like a lifestyle you're going to suffer. Um, the team will suffer. And I just wasn't able to put into it what I needed to in that last year. Cause I just had so much going on. Otherwise, um, I wouldn't say I've like forever closed the book on coaching. Maybe one day I'll go back. Um, that's another thing. Um, people are really critical of the decisions you make, especially decisions they don't understand. And that's something that I kind of learned through my coaching path. I just remember, um, like there, there was this uh, website, like message board platform mm -hmm. called like Volley Talk or something like that. And it's just anonymous message boarding board. So it could be coaches, it could be players, it could be parents, but it's, you know, for everyone. And there's threads that are all the college levels. And I just remember being on the, the chat and when I had taken my second job and people just like saying really critical things about me, like, oh, she just up and left because that job was hard and she's just going to do it again. Like she was just at a program that wasn't going to win. And so she just left. And I was like, people are so annoying. Like it's, oh, just yeah. like, it's just like, how can you make comments about things 
you don't really know. So that was something that I, I learned kind of younger than I wish I had to, that people are just going to be really critical of your decisions mm. and you don't really get to defend yourself always. Like, oh. uh, and I think that's something, I mean, I don't know. We see it so much today. It's like social media. Everyone has a phone they can hide behind. And some people are who they are on social media, but some people are hiding behind anon accounts and some people are hiding behind, I don't know, someone else or um, just like a fake platform that they've somehow mm -hmm. like created. Um, but I think that, oh gosh, I'm, I'm very glad. I don't know about you, but I'm glad <laughs> we were in high school when we were in high school. Oh yes, for sure. I mean, like, could for you sure. do it now? I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have, I couldn't have social media. I don't think. In I mean, high school. I would have had to like been off of social media if I was in high school now. And you're, you're a little younger than me, but not much. I mean, when did you graduate? Like 20? Uh, 14. Okay, 2014. Yeah. Right. So it was probably a little more sophisticated. There was no Snapchat when I was in high school. There wasn't even Snapchat until like I was like a couple of years into college. Right. Um, and like Instagram. I didn't have an Instagram in high school, you know, and it's just, I'm so thankful. <laughs> I'm so thankful. Um, but I, I, yeah, I couldn't do high school today. Could not do high school today at no, all. No. So social media is for sure like a double edged sword because even now, you know, I, I've had my Instagram and all that stuff for a while, but I literally just do it for promotional purposes, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I promote my my fitness business, my podcast, and then I try to inspire people to better themselves physically and mentally. But outside of that, I'm not just on there, you know, right, just right. All, commenting on everything. I believe posts and I kind of get out. Well, and it's one of those things now where it's like, as a human, you almost have to have a personal brand. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, I can't just be like myself like I have to have like a personal brand and my content has to be consistent and it's like I don't even have that many followers like it's not even like yeah. that many people are watching but it's like if you start being inconsistent with what you say like people will dip out and it's like I don't know it's like everyone has a voice but it's like everyone just wants theirs to be the loudest yeah it's it's very to toxic uh, uh are you on tiktok I, I have never made a TikTok, but I watch, I consume TikTok. I don't actively make TikToks. Okay. Cause I was, I'm, I was hugely anti-TikTok for the longest. Oh. And then one of my buddies I went to, yeah. One of my buddies I went to uh, play ball with, he was like, bro, you got to get TikTok. Like it's a great tool. Like, you know, he, he's the kind of guy, he, you know, it's a, it's a positive thing, but he's always like a super positive on everything. Yeah. You know, I view I view TikTok more as like a I view it more it's more of a toxic platform than than good, but he just sees the good. So he's like, yeah. So I finally broke down. I was like, all right, I'll get one. I'll try it out, all right? Because he he swayed me because he's like, bro, you could post your workout videos on there and you'll get a lot more following. I was like, okay, logistically that makes sense. I tried it for a month, and I got to the point where I went three weeks without getting on it. I was like, bro, I'm about to delete this. He's like, why? I don't use it. It's it's yeah. too it's too much for me, but. I say that I just made one today for my podcast channel because he swayed me again, but we'll see how that goes. Well, and it, but it is true. If you are in some type of promotional, social media, media consumption field, um, it's the only social media that people can find you if they don't follow you because yeah. it's all just based on like, Algorithm. Being served, yeah, people yeah. being served your stuff on the algorithm. So it's like, you know, I mean, I guess a little bit on Instagram reels, um, yeah. but you know, your Instagram, like I have a public Instagram, people are never going to find me on Instagram unless they're on someone I know, or right. I show up on the people you may know, but TikTok, I mean, anyone can see your content if it gets enough yeah. likes or traction or whatever. Um, but I consume TikTok. I definitely don't post because I don't have, like, what am I going to post? Like failed dating stories. Like yeah. that's the only content I have, you know? Yeah. Um, but yes, very, very thankful. Very, very thankful that social media isn't or wasn't what it is now when we were in high school, because yeah. I'm sure I would have ruined my, I would be canceled. I don't know what for, but I would be canceled for something. At some point. Yeah, yeah. something, something would have, I would have posted or said or done something that, you know, I would have been canceled, canceled. I mean, like 1500 people follow me. So it's not like really that would matter, but yeah, um, yeah very thankful for that. Um, 
long rant. Anyway, I decided coaching wasn't for me. Uh, so I transitioned out of coaching. Um, and I just wanted to be back at my alma mater. Um, I didn't care in what capacity, uh, but I wanted to be back at Mercer. I knew I didn't really want to be in athletics, but like as far as coaching goes, but maybe mm -hmm. I was open to something else in coaching. And I just started looking at jobs and Mercer had opened an admission counselor position that was specific to student athletes. So it was fully housed in the admissions office, um, but it was kind of closely related to athletics. And I was like, yeah, I'm made for this job. I just college coach for four years. I know about recruiting. I know about how admissions works. And mm -hmm. I was a student athlete there. Um, so I applied for the job got it, uh, which was great. And it was, it was funny because I, you know, said in college, like, I didn't want to be a high school teacher. I didn't want to do the high school thing. And then I become an admissions counselor where my job is to talk to high school students all the time, um, which is, which is just ironic to me. Uh, but it was, it was fun. Um, I'm no longer in admissions. I've transitioned within the university. And I'm now uh, the director of student success, which is basically the retention office. So I, report on retention rates and graduation mm -hmm. rates and do things to help students stay in school and um, put together programming that, you know, fosters successful habits in students, um, which I love. It's like the coolest job because I'm at my alma mater. It's something I believe in. Um, I did my whole, uh, I have a master's in higher ed leadership and my capstone was on student success and retention. Okay. Uh, so I feel like if I'm an expert in anything besides volleyball, it would definitely be student success and retention. Uh, but I think it really matters, but it's interesting. It's an interesting field to be in. Education is an interesting field to be in right now uh, because I think the pandemic um, definitely affected things, but I think there's going to be more shakeout from the pandemic um, than we maybe thought. Like, I know we know that it affected those two years um, or two and a half years or what it really was, but I think it's going to have a longer like trickle down effect. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how higher ed is impacted. Um, uh, what do you mean by the, uh, like, can you expand on that? Like, what are like yeah. some trends or maybe something you're noticing that could have, is going to yeah, affect so later? I think, I think that the, the area of affected students or the window of affected students, I think is going to be further reaching. Like those students were definitely impacted in the two years that were their shutdown years. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that there's going to be harsher effects no matter where you were when that happened. Like, I just think it affected mm. students a lot more than it affected other people. Um, no matter where you were, what, where in your educational path, it might've happened, regardless of if you were a freshman in high school, sophomore in high school, college freshman, college senior, I think that there's going to be like more lasting effects. And I think a lot of it is um, like everyone lost that time, but it's not like any of us got it back. Um, so if you were right. a junior in high school, it's not like you got to redo your junior high school year. You just did it virtual for a little bit. And every school, every district, every university, every state handled things a little differently, um, where some places were shut down for just March to May of 2020, some schools were completely virtual for a year, um, yeah. some a semester, things like that, um, or some did a hybrid model. And I think the social impacts are what we're going to see probably more impacted than the educational aspects. Because I guess if you learned Algebra 2 or Geometry or Calculus virtual for a year, you're not going to learn it as well as someone who learned oh. it in person. That, no, that's no. just that's just the facts. <laughs> but I think socially, um, not having those interactions, not having the face to face, learning over Zoom, um, that's tough. Like that that's going to have longer lasting mental impacts. Um, and also, I think that there's this whole new surge of back to the social media of being an influencer, and people get paid to do. It's not nothing. They're not getting paid to do nothing, but they're getting paid to promote products that they use, or they're getting paid to be funny, or they're, you know, getting free stuff. And it's not, it is a job, but like, how long will that last? Like, there's no right. security in that. Um, so if you are a blogger or a vlogger or um, an Instagram 
influencer and your thing is like you're hot and young and you put on makeup well how long are you going to be hot and young and people are going to care about how you do your makeup you know so i think it's like yeah. people are saying that like maybe the traditional education route isn't for everyone right now but at some point you might wish you would have taken it if you don't something at least something yeah yeah, yeah. and i think that I, I don't know i was having this conversation with someone today it's like how long does that last like we know that you being an influencer can make you make a lot of money right now, or at least on TikTok, they tell you like, I'm an influencer and I make $20,000 a month, but how long does that last? And when does it run out? And um, what do you do when it does? Like, what do you have to fall back on? Um, so I think that, I don't know, I think there's gonna be longer lasting impacts on education uh, as a result of COVID. And it it's, you know, this has never happened before in the age that we're in, we've never had a, a pandemic. So how do we respond? What do we do? Um, and how do we prevent a bad outcome? Right. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um, so kind of backtracking a little bit. Yeah, let's backtrack. Uh, what was what was the uh, for you personally, what was the biggest difference between the high school level in sports and collegiate? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things is I was a part of really, really, really good high school programs. Mm. And most people are, you know, if you're going to be a college athlete, if you weren't a part of a really good program, then you were just a really, really good player that got seen somehow. Um, but I was a part of a really good travel ball program and I was a part of a really strong high school program. Um, and my college program wasn't as good. I mean, we just, we just weren't, we were very middle of the pack. Um, and I was, good on the team. I mean, most, most of my seasons, I started most of the season, um, not my freshman year. I didn't start much my freshman year. I played, but my sophomore through senior year, I started most matches. I, I got, I got a lot of time. Um, but we just weren't great. I mean, we worked hard, um, but we just weren't like as good as other teams. And I think a lot of it is historically the program wasn't good and it's hard to be good if you've never been good kind of like it's hard to be bad if you've always been good right. um it's like that that fear of being good uh so i think that was a huge difference and then another big difference is like the amount of work you have to put in um kind of like high school academic side like high school academically was easy didn't really push myself didn't really you know i took honors classes but i wasn't like taking a bunch of ap's like I did okay on the ACT, but like, it was like, whatever, like everything's going to be fine. I'm going to go mm -hmm. play volleyball. Um, same, same on the sports side. Like I worked hard because I wanted to play, but it didn't take that much to be good. Where, whereas in college, it took a lot to be good. Like I felt like I spent so much time in the gym and in high school, I spent time in the gym, but it wasn't like in college. Um, and I just think that it's just different. And then the demands on your body, like we didn't do like high school strength programs. I mean, you probably did um, because you were like a football Just, player, but yeah, different did. sport, but yeah. Yeah, very, very different. Like we didn't mm. do that. Like I think we did maybe like five weeks of like spring weights, but we were all in our club season. So it was like, come if you can type of thing. Right. Like, I mean, I, I mean, we did conditioning, but our conditioning was a part of practice. And in college you have conditioning three days a week and strength training three days a week, completely separate of your practice. And it just, it's just different. And I think the balancing your schedule is a little different um, just because your schedule is so much more monopolized, but then it's easier because it's not like you're in the high school from eight to three every day. Yeah. Um, your class schedules are what your class schedules are, but I think people just underestimate the amount of work it takes um, in college athletics. And I think people underestimate the amount of like sleep you're not going to get and the sacrifices you have to make because you can't, you can't have it all. Not that you could have it all in high school as a high level athlete, but in, in college, it's just like, you see the sacrifices that your friends aren't having to make. Uh, I don't know, like all your friends that just like went to UT and just partied and, you know, mm. it seemed like class was an afterthought and they were drinking on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And it was just like, what? Like, how oh, was yeah. that your college experience? <laughs> um, it made me thankful that I was an athlete because you couldn't do those things. And I probably would have like given the option, I probably would have partied and, and done all that fun stuff. Um, I'm, I'm thankful that I didn't. I'm very thankful that I got to be an athlete instead, but I think the hardest part is just the amount of work um, and that you're not just going to be the best because you were the best before. Yeah. For, for me, I always, always explain it as like in high school, I don't want to say it's like a high, high school is more of like a hobby, like a, a, a very serious hobby that you take. 
Cause yeah. that's what it's saying. But in call, it's the job. Like if we're being honest, it's we're called it's we're called they're called student athletes, but we all know sport came first. The sports yeah. then school. Like, yeah. And and I think what the sport provided was, you, you know, an extra level of accountability. Uh, yeah. You couldn't go out. You couldn't do those things. You had to make the grades. You had to stay eligible. And honestly, like um, as a female athlete at a mid-major school, which I was a female athlete at a mid-major school, no one cared like how much we won. No one cared, um, you know, what our record was at the end of the season. And maybe they did. They cared that like we made grades that brought up the average of the rest of the student athletes and that we weren't getting in trouble like as long as you weren't a headline and as long as you were making good grades like I don't I don't feel like I would have gotten in trouble you know for being bad I mean it wasn't bad but um like I just feel like it didn't I don't know that sounds really really bad but I feel like you're not like on the radar of a lot of people if you're just a female athlete at a mid-major school right but I mean I don't know. Maybe other people feel differently, but I feel like as long as I didn't get in trouble and made grades, like no one really cared. I mean, that's your personal experience. That's, you know, everybody's, everybody goes through a different experience. Yeah. I believe that's what's so, I guess, I don't want to say like great or good or bad, but that's just what it is. Speaking of of experience. So what was it like for you personally, uh, like in college? Like for me, like I, I'm so I'm a little weird when it comes to my personal experience because I didn't have the best experience. Not only that, but you know, you have this pressure to go to college and be like the next big thing. But yes, I played at uh, D1 SEC football, but I didn't like play play. I didn't start at corner. I I played special teams and I did some stuff here and there, like rotationally wise. But I wasn't like a the star player. Mm-hmm. And so when I say like for when people are like, oh, how's was it like playing the SEC? I mean, honestly, I don't really know what it's like to be like a a, a honey badger for LSU. I don't I don't know what that's like. It's because yeah. my experience is completely different than just your average, uh, just your average college student athlete, or at least for football. So right. for you, like, what was what was your experience? Yeah. So I think that my experience. I had an opportunity to walk on at an SEC school um, and or go where I went. Um, And for me, like the determining factor of that was like, I wanted to play. And one time, one person told me like, you're going to be a full ride athlete. Like you're going to go get play volleyball and you're going to be on a full ride. And I was like one track mind through my recruitment process. Like if it's not division one, I was like the most annoying recruit probably. Like when I was a coach, I was the recruit that was probably really annoying uh, because I'm like, oh, just give me a chance. Just talk to me. But I was D1 or bust. Like I was D1. I wanted a scholarship. I wanted to play. Um, so for me, I, I needed to go to a place and play. Like I would rather go to a team that was maybe not the top, um, not, not the, maybe not the top, not the top, um, and play versus going somewhere where I was going to walk on or go somewhere mm. where I wasn't going to get minutes and not minutes. Cause I played volleyball. There's not a clock time. Um, so I, I wanted that like, and I was very much so like, I wasn't going to go anywhere where I wasn't going to play. Um, and I played, uh, my freshman year, I played less than I expected, which is like, you know, like that sounds so conceited. Like I, I, yeah. I expected to play, but I had a, a college or a high school experience and a club experience where I did play. Um, so I was always really used to. Um, so I didn't play. Um, I was behind a senior in a position. I got moved positions. I became a little bit of a utility player, which was fine. Um, it, it ended up like good. Like I, I, I learned a lot. I grew a lot. I was humbled a lot, which I was very thankful mm. for. Uh, but my college experience was awesome. Like I loved it so much. I loved my playing experience. I loved my teammates. I love my coaches. Um, and then if I look back a little harder, like that's always my first answer. Like I loved it. It was great. It was flowers and daisies and rainbows and sunshine. But then when I look a little harder, like it wasn't always that. I mean, it was hard. It was, you know, making a lot of sacrifices. My, my sophomore year, we went one in 27. We lost our first game of the season, won our second game of the season, and then lost 26 games in a row. Not my sophomore season, my junior season. Yeah. My junior season. And it was like, oh my gosh, wow, this is embarrassing. And we Mm -hmm. lost a lot of games in this set by two points. So it's not like we were bad. Like teams weren't like steamrolling us, but it was Mm -hmm. like, we didn't win, but one game. 
the whole season. Um, and so it's not like it was always great and wonderful there. It was, there were bad things that happened. It was hard. Um, I, we had to run, we got in trouble and had to do like early morning swim workouts. And, you know, sometimes you were so sore, like getting out of bed hurt. Um, but it was fun. Like I wouldn't have traded it for the world. Uh, yeah. but I think that I, I'm glad that I remember it sometimes better than it happened because I'm sure there was a lot more bad that I just don't remember. Um, but yeah, one in 27, that was hard. Like it was awful. It was like, when are we going to win one? And then we just did not Like we just never did. And then it was like, this is so embarrassing. I remember like thinking like, how are we ever going to recover from this or just being on the court and like, I was mean, not mean, but I was like, I don't know, probably the same way I was in high school, like on the volleyball court, like I was a little bit of a bully. Um, and like, I remember like pulling girls on my team, like out of a party and like the week or the day before we were leaving for a trip. And I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like we've lost 10 games in a row and you're at the lacrosse house. Like, what are you doing? So people probably hated me, but it was like, I care about this. Like, oh yeah, can't just like, we just can't blank the season. Uh, but then looking back on it, not very long after that, I was like, honestly, that's the best thing that ever happened to me because for the first time in my life, I realized that like there's things besides volleyball that matter. And it took that, like it took losing one or losing 27 games in a season for me to realize that. And I think it actually helped me in my coaching career because it helped me kind of not be like a super hard ass or have unrealistic expectations because honestly, you can't expect people to do things they're not capable of. Like you can have high expectations yes. and people will rise to the occasion, but you cannot expect people to do things they cannot do. Um, and I just think that that like helped me kind of be a little bit more sane in coaching. Um, because I mean, I, I coached a team that lost every game for two seasons. Um, and it just helped me just, I don't know, be a little bit more human and not mean and like onto them all the time because it's like, they did the best they could, mm -hmm. I think. I like to hope that they did the best they can. Um, but yeah, I, my playing experience was great. A lot of life lessons, um, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like I, I wouldn't look back and wish I would have gone somewhere else or wish I wouldn't have played or wish I would have done really anything different with my playing career. That's great. That's great. And fantastic message. That's, I wish I could write that down, put it on a plaque. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, you know, the collegiate uh the collegiate seems like completely different now with the whole um nil and pairs players being or i have players players being able to get paid what's your like what's your thought on okay. all okay okay yeah so i have a pretty um I, I, I've thought about it a lot i've thought about it a lot just because of my experience um so name image likeness I think I've landed on that I'm okay with that. Like if you are making money off of, I don't know, if you're an athlete and you're an influencer, like I think that's okay. Like I think if you are making money off of things you're producing and things you're doing, I think I'm okay with that. Um, what I just have, I don't know, a lot of opinions about, and I just don't, mostly because I just don't know how it would ever work equitably, is pay for play. And the reason why I think that is because of my playing and my coaching experience. So I played at a mid-major and I was a women's athlete. So if we're thinking about pay for play, like how do we ever make that equitable? Like how do I ensure as, a, you know, the NCAA or an athletic director or whoever's deciding that players are going to get paid, that the starting quarterback from Alabama gets what a mid-major volleyball player gets at some school in the SOCON, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I just, I just don't see how it could ever be equitable. And then like a step further, like I was a D3 coach, like we're, we're going to, if, if athletes are going to get paid and pay for play is a real thing. Like who's paying for it? What budget? Because the budget of the power fives and the budgets of D3 schools, like they're not the same. And you can't expect universities budgets to pay athletes equitably. Like there's no way. So is the NCAA going to do it? And again, like a lot of people will say, well, does it have to be equitable? Because some of these players get TV time and some of these players 
don't. And I, I, I don't know. I just think that it would be really hard to do right. Um, so I think like, again, name, image, likeness, I'm okay with. Like if you were doing something and you're creating content or you're really good looking or you are a brand ambassador for this or that, I think I'm good with that. Um, but I just don't think that pay for play could ever be equitable. No, I, I, I don't think if you have pay for play, it's not, it's not going to be it's not gonna be fair. No. There and I don't think I don't think there's a way to even make it fair because, like you said, if you're the starting quarterback for University of Alabama football team, it, even to to the players' point, if I'm the starting card quarterback for the Alabama football team, and then and I'm getting paid the same amount as I don't know some some kicker on an a I, I don't even know like some a kicker yeah. on a very very small team. Or JUCO. Or, or yeah, or JUCO. Yeah. If I'm the player, we should be getting paid. But then it, again, like you said, it's it's not fair. But yeah, and, 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 gets, I, and I don't gets, know. And I don't know if the design is to be fair. Um, but yeah. I just think, like as an industry, it would be such a misstep um, if it couldn't be. Uh, I, I just don't know how you could. I don't know. I just don't know how it would ever work. And then also, like, I know, like, I read T Tim Tebow's book where he talks about, like, how he didn't have money to eat and all that. And, but, I, like, I, and I was a college athlete and I um, didn't need money to eat because I had a meal plan and my team, like, co covered my food, you know? Um, so I don't know. I just, I, I get it. I get where circumstance makes things different. But I mean, I don't know. I think that student athletes are getting a lot and it's worked for this long. Maybe it hasn't, maybe it doesn't work, but I, I feel like it does. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that would ever look. I don't know. I don't know where I sit, but I, I, it took me a long time to come around to it, but I think I am okay with name image likeness, yeah. like, like uh, endorsement think, type stuff. Yeah. So like when it's, when it comes outside of the team, like if it's, Nike is giving this guy the yeah, money. Yeah, like if you're a barstool athlete, like good right. on you, you know? Yeah. I don't know if barstool athletes get paid. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'm okay with that. But there even was like things like in the past where players would be like YouTubers and they couldn't make money, or like yeah, yeah. athletes couldn't have certain jobs because boosters could be, you know, that sort of stuff. Like I think that's silly. Like I think athletes should be able to work if they need to and can make it work with their schedule. I know most athletes can't. Um, but I mean. I also work on a college campus and I know how federal work study jobs work and I know how work study works work study jobs work. You only have to work between two and 10 hours a week. Like you can find two hours to go sit at the university health center and check people in, you know? So if yeah. you're really hurting for um, additional funds as a student athlete, you can, you can have a work study job. Like you can do it. It might not be like how some other students can work, but it's, it's possible. Yeah, I, student athletes do it. Yeah, I actually Ubered for my last two or three years. Really? I made I'm like a, I made lucrative money Ubering. Really? Because I I got smart with it. So I'm not I'm not a I don't go out. I'm not a partier at all. I don't drink okay. like so on the weekend, especially in the, this is primarily off season, obviously. But on the weekends, you know, everybody would go out, and I started Ubering because I was like, you know, I just sit around the house all day. I need you know yeah. make some some extra money. And so I went out one weekend, I just started working. And then after a couple of weekends, I was like, I'm making some nights I could make $200 a night. Wow. Something crazy. Sometimes 500 in like between uh, Friday, Saturday, and maybe part of Sunday. And then I got super efficient because I noticed there's a time at like 10 to 9 to 11 pre or pregame. Yeah. To get ready to go to the bars. Yeah. That, that sweet spot would make all the money. Because then yeah. there'll become a dead period between like uh, 11 to 1 because people are at the bars. And that time from 1 to 2.30, sometimes 3 a.m., people got to get home. So I would only work like two hours from 9 to 11 and then from 1 to 2. And in those four hours, I could make hundreds of dollars. That is crazy. Did you ever like drive your friends? Like was it ever like, hey, I know you? Well, yeah. There's been sometimes I pause like, oh, I recognize that name. I Because, you know, they don't show your full name. I yeah. pull up and oh, what's up? And they'd be like, like people like because Columbia, Missouri, it's a small town. It's yeah. smaller. It's not like a small, small town, but it's a college town. Yeah. So you know, I, most of the a good majority of the population there's just students. So I'd pick up people I knew all the time. Crazy. Yeah.
Well, so, I mean, and, and again, like, I'm not saying every college athlete needs to have a job or go Uber, no, but yeah. like, if you are at a point where you're saying like college athletes need to get paid because I don't have money to eat, I just have a hard time believing that. Yeah. You can, there's some type of side nowadays. It's easy to find some type of side job that you could do part-time for Well, and it's like something. you have a meal plan. Like, yeah, that, that is, you know, I mean, I, I'm, maybe not depending on if you're an upperclassman and it's not required or where you go to school or whatever. But um, again, I don't know. I just think, I just think it's easy to say, like, as a college athlete, like, I think college athletes should be paid, but I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I don't. <laughs> I do know my freshman year. So my freshman year, so uh, you familiar with the cost? I don't know if you guys get cost of attendance, but yeah. uh, so that started my sophomore year. My second year there is when cost of attendance starts. So my freshman year, we didn't get anything. No, like check for rent, no, no, nothing, right? And so uh, I redshirted, so I didn't travel for away games. And there would be some weekends where uh, the dining hall would be closed because dining halls, it's all football. At Mizzou, big school, it's all football. Everything's scheduled on football. So all the other sports, they can only eat based off football team schedule. So That's when crazy. the football team's away, the dining hall closes early because football team's not there. So there are worse sometimes where I'm eating Pop-Tarts for dinner on Friday night because the yeah. dining the dining halls are closed. They close at like nine. The 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 facilities closed because the football team's away. There's nothing to eat. At least like there's no there's no there's no using your swipes. Yeah. So we had this little like a uh, kind of like a convenience store kind of thing where you can get snacks. And sometimes we'd go in there and just get Gatorades, Pop-Tarts, and like Doritos. That was dinner. Yeah, so I guess I guess where I went is just a different. Also, that was it wasn't very often. It's just certain, you know, it wasn't all. Yeah. Every, every so time. the first two years I was at Mercer, like we didn't have a football team. So my freshman year, we announced we're getting a football team. Mm -hmm. My sophomore year, they had a practice season. So I guess there was a team, but it was a practice season. Right. We didn't have competition football until my junior and senior year. So like football, like nothing revolved around football because it wasn't yeah. a, it wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal yet. But my campus, we didn't have athlete only dining halls. It's not it's not big enough. Yeah. Um, but there's there was so many other options to eat on campus when the dining hall was closed. Oh, really? um, so we had like a subway on campus. It was open till midnight. Uh -huh. We had um, like a Chick-fil-A on campus that you could use. Well, I guess when I was a student, you couldn't use your meal swipes, but you could use your dining dollars, which were a part of your meal plan. Mm -hmm. um, so there were other options outside of the dining hall. So I guess right. it's, I guess just different at different places. Um, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That's crazy that if the football team was away, the dining hall would close. Oh, it's, it's, it's awful. Well, I've gone on multiple rants because this, uh, I remember when uh, the uh, the NIL was like in conversation before it got passed, right? And I was still yeah. in college at the time. And I was like, so oh, this when did you When did you graduate college? 17? 18. 18, okay. Yeah, so uh, technically 19 because we went to a bowl game and it was like New Year's Eve of 2018 so like that spring I was still on scholarship of 2019 but like okay. my season ended that fall of 2018 and uh I remember uh so I had a friend that uh, a friend back then and her dad was the equipment um guy for the football team mm -hmm. and whenever the athletes should be paid to play or at least like be able to use their name and likeness or whatever she was super against it because, mm -hmm. you know, you get the, oh, my gosh, you guys are spoiled. You're getting free education, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, I understand that. It's not free. It's definitely not no. free. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. It's covered. It is not right. free. <laughs> right, exactly. But I was trying to explain to her that uh, if you calculate the amount of hours spent, the I actually did the math one day. I sat down. I counted between meetings, anything football required meetings i didn't i didn't include class time but meetings required study hall uh workouts practice yada 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 you add up all those hours and then you take our cost of attendance i was getting cost of attendance at the time now is there a cost of attendance and you divide that it'd be less than minimum wage because she was trying to say athletes are already being paid by the cost of attendance cost of attendance is just what our room and board covers but since we don't live on campus we get it and you just try to live somewhere cheaper right yeah. Yeah. And so I was trying to explain that, that student athletes don't get paid because we would have be making less than minimum wage if we did, which, you know, right. it's not a thing. And uh, 
and I lost my train of thought, but you know. She was really passionate about it. About, about, yeah, basically it's about not us not yeah. getting it, but I and was trying. Proved her wrong. Well, not really. Cause the, 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 where I got upset is because I actually had an opportunity. I was trying to do, we could, there's some jobs we couldn't work because of the name likeness and image uh, yeah. thing. And I was telling her that she was like uh, saying like, it's not fair because the rule back then was that student athletes have to have the exact same opportunities as regular students. Yeah. That's why there was no rules for getting income for playing sports of any kind, endorsements or whatever, because it had to be the even playing field. Yeah. I said, if that's the basis of your argument, there's things regular students can do job-wise that we can't yeah. because yeah. we're on the football team. And that's the problem I had. Yeah. This was like, uh, there was a kicker. I forget where he went to school, but he was a kicker. He went viral on YouTube for doing just trick shots with a football. He was a kicker on a football mm -hmm. team, just doing trick. And he went viral. And, you know, it's through uh, YouTube. You get enough following, whatever. You get monetized. You make money. Well, he had a decision. You can either stay on the team or he would lose his eligibility because yeah. he was yeah. making money on YouTube. Yeah. Well, if you're a regular student, you can do that. You get that money. Yeah, you just have it. Exactly. Yeah, so That's the problem I always had. Like, again, I agree with you, like, being paid to play, like, you know, it gets dicey. But if you have a following or some type of influencer level or you're a business from back home that really wants yeah. to support you, is willing to sponsor you, that's completely different. I get that. So, like, that's so to too. your point. Yeah. I And I think it's also just really important when people have the counter argument. Because my counter argument isn't that student athletes are getting too much. I don't believe student athletes are yeah. getting too much. I just think it could never be equitable. But right. when people say like you get a free education, nothing makes me more upset oh. uh, because my education wasn't free. Like I worked really hard before, during, and after. Um, and there were a lot of things on my end I had to do. It wasn't like free means here's this thing. You don't have to do anything for it. Exactly. It was like, no, we are covering your education because you are going to do this, this, and this. And if you don't do this, this, and this, you'll lose this. You know, it's like right. free, free. A full ride is not free. Also, scholarship dollars are real dollars. So um, like it's not it's not free for the institution either. So I don't know. It's just that's 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 a really poor argument when people say you're getting a free education. And the sports that actually get full rides aren't many. I mean, most sports are not headcount sports. Most yeah. sports are equivalency sports. I mean, so most of those students are are still are still paying for their education. I mean, you can win a national championship on a sport and you're still probably paying some bit for your your tuition right um in yeah. a lot of sports just not just not volleyball and football those are the good ones yeah uh, that, that reminded me of a, a argument same person i was in i was because I, I end up i got i'm a numbers guy so anytime most of my arguments that's not like concept stuff i always look up numbers i look up stats i'm a yeah, logistics yeah. guy right data don't lie right and so uh it, like you said, they were talking about free education. I was like, I earned this. And, you know, uh, it hit my, the, the, the last point I had made in the argument is that I was like, I don't want to, I'm not gonna say her name, but like, do you know how much, uh, like this, you know, Mizzou's a big university, it's SEC. Yeah. And I was like, uh, like all these different, um, sports were getting like new stadiums. And like, that's it. I was like, you want to know something funny? Uh, Certain sports at Mizzou are free to get in. And you know where their funding comes from? Football team, the ticket sales. So I looked it up. I was like, Mizzou's football team averages average annual profits is $36 million a year. I can't get a dollar. Because when because the right. problem I had is the problem I, the again, the problem I had was okay, if we can't use our name like likeness and image, it's not fair to them to have. Like uh, Drew Locke was the quarterback when I was there. That's that's, that's my my quarterback, right? Any type of advertisement on TV, they're selling his jerseys. Drew yeah. Locke is the face of the state of Missouri in collegiate sports. Everywhere, Drew Locke's this. Now, I'm not Drew Locke, but I'm just saying for the sake of argument, yeah. Drew Locke, that's who you're coming to see. You're coming to see Drew Locke. You're coming to see Bud Sasser. You're coming to see Marcus uh, Gold, Shane Ray, all these big-name guys. You're coming to see them. 
they they're using their name, image, and likeness. And obviously, yes, we work for the organization, but just for the sake of argument, because of that, they make thirty-six million dollars a year. Yeah, Drew Lock yeah. can't get a dollar. Right, right, right. That's that's the problem. But well, and and I I agree. And what's crazy with you know the numbers is the amount of self-sustaining athletic departments there are. Like there are not a lot of athletic departments that can exists without other funding from the university like there's not yeah. that many um so uh, most actually all the ones that are have football teams and most of them are power five mm -hmm. uh but it's like in those situations yeah like i wish those people could those people could get paid but i just it just can't it's, di it's dicey yeah it just can't yeah. ever be fair you know but it does suck like it does suck when you are bringing in so much money somewhere um and you're not benefiting from it. You're not, it, but I've also, I've also always said this. I, I think that pay for play could ruin college sports because I just want to see people play for the love of the game. Like yeah. I, I, I like some pro sports. Like I love the Tennessee Titans. I love the Tennessee Titans so much. Go tits. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but I'm not like a big pro sports girl. Like I would so much rather watch college basketball than the NBA. Like the NBA just doesn't do it for me. Like, um, I know. I'm sorry. But, look, I'm sorry. you see the, I got all the jerseys in the background. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It just doesn't do it for me. I'd much rather watch no, college I, basketball. Yeah, I get you. And, and I just, I just fear that like if pay for play ever did happen, it would just, I'm saying, I'm saying this, um, I know the NCAA is kind of corrupt. I know college athletics is corrupt, but I just mm. think it would be a lot more corrupt if, if, if there was pay for play. Um, and I just want to see people play for the love of the game. And I think the transfer portal is kind of ruining that a little bit. Like, because oh. people, I mean, the grass is so much greener. So people just mm. enter in the portal and it sucks because you don't even have to tell anyone you're doing it. Like you don't, you never have to have a conversation with your coach. You can just enter the portal. You know, where it's like you used to have to be released and it's like, so people are just going to leave if they're unhappy. And it's like, I just so don't believe in that. Like, I'm just like, you went for a reason. Like, I know there are situations where you need to transfer. I know mm. there's situations where it's not a good fit, but like you committed to be on this team and it just, I don't know. It just stinks that it really is just a one-year commitment. Like commitments are just year to year. Like you don't sign for four years. No, it, think, it, it almost seems tough. like it's deregulated now. That's it what it seems like. like. It. Yeah. It feels like it. Um, I mean, someone was telling me, I can't even remember the number, but some insane amount of players were in the portal. Or like the LSU basketball team, the whole LSU basketball team was in the portal. It's like, oh yeah. Like it, it's like ugh, I don't know. I, I've seen the I've seen the portal ruined so because uh the guys that were that are still playing, which blow my mind because that extra COVID year. Uh, but like when I was in my fifth year there, it was their first year there. And so they're they're basically I think they you know would be seniors now or whatever, but uh, they enter the portal because you know you don't have to wait a year, no. you don't have to graduate, but it ruins them because they think they can just enter the portal and just go somewhere else where it doesn't work like that. You got to no. get a scholarship again. You got to yeah. you're re-entering recruiting. So well, now guys leave these big you know you leave big schools for whatever reason, and I, I know a guy that was in the portal like still tweeting to this day, hey, I'm still looking for a scholarship. He's posting his highlights again. Yeah. So um, again, I work at a university and I'm, I'm yeah. their attention office. So, um, or I'm not their attention office, but I work in their attention office. And it's like all email compliance every now and again, just because I need to be accountable for who's coming and who's going. So I'll email the, you know, compliance to be like, who's in the portal? And it's just like, gosh, it used to not, people used to just stay, like people left sometimes, but I don't know. I think it's just going to hurt college athletics because there's no loyalty. There doesn't have to be. Yeah, it's it's becoming like the NFL or NBA. It's becoming a professional level sport where if you don't like it, you can just leave. Yeah, leave. I'm a free agent. Yeah, but it basically. Is funny. It is funny when you see guys that are like uh, juniors or seniors in um, college and their Instagram bio is like open to all recruitment. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think it'll. I think it'll ruin college athletics. Pay for play for portal. They will ruin college athletics. I'm sure they're working. On, I'm sure the NCAA recognizes the the madness. I, I, I I'm assuming that they're working on some type of policy to kind of get it at least somewhat organized. I don't know. But then again, you know okay. what they did with the with the women's basketball today. 
they show time and time again that I don't they don't actually have the athletes true interest at heart I don't believe yeah because it's all about the money like shame it's a shame but you know enough talking trash about the NCAA yeah my bad Uh, (laughs) no we're good but uh what's your what's your passion now like well let me ask both of these one like who are you outside of work you know I'm sure you have interest and stuff like that and then like what's your passion right now yeah so I say this Anytime someone asks me, but I was a college coach and, you know, a lot of my network is college coaches and people always ask me like, what is life like now that you're out of college coaching? Honestly, like my life is mine out of college coaching. Like I can Mm -hmm. do so many things that I could never do because for so many years I was a high school athlete, then a college athlete, then a college coach. And it's just a lot of sacrifices. It's like every weekend you're coaching or recruiting, or you have practice. Like I've missed so many weddings, so many bachelorette Mm. trips and that really fun window where I like hated that I had to miss that stuff. And it's like, now, like my life is like fully my own. Like I love my job, but I am not my job. Like when I was a coach, I would probably tell you that I'm a head coach before I would tell you my name. Like, and it was just like, I, I don't know. Um, and, and I was not bad at it. Like I was okay. I was super young. I was like the youngest head coach in the NCAA. Like I was 22 years old. Yeah. Head coach. Um, but that was it. Like I was a coach, like that was my whole identity. Um, so now I like before, if you were to ask me like what I was passionate about, I'd be like volleyball and college athletics. And it's all I care about. It's like, I don't even know who won the national championship in volleyball this year. Like that's embarrassing, but I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you. Um, so I, I would say like, I'm a person. (laughs) I used to not be a person and now I'm a person. Um, but my hobbies and my passions, I'm very passionate about my work. I think the work I do is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Um, like I I work in student success, student success is really important. Like I believe in the college experience. I believe in a four-year college experience. I think everyone should have it. Um, and I'm really passionate about that, but there's so many other things that are like that I'm passionate about that are who I am, you know, like, um, I would say like faith is very important. Like Mm -hmm. I, I love Jesus. He's my guy. Um, but I, I like to travel. I like to have fun. I like to hang out with friends. Traveling is probably like my favorite hobby. It's probably what I spend, um, most of my free time doing traveling or planning trips. I think I uh, look at flights every single day. Um, I just want to see everywhere and I want to go everywhere. I actually, this is kind of cool. So me and two of my best friends, we um, actually stole this from some other girls, um, actually from Independence, but they started doing this 50 under 50 thing. I was like, oh, that looks cool. So me and my friends started doing it. And uh, the goal is to travel to all 50 states together before we turn 50. Um, and we like, and we like draw them out of a jar and like go mm. on the trips and like we travel with the jar and we pick our next trip while we're on a trip. And then we just book flights and go. We just like, we pick a city, we like look at our um, schedules and book flights and go. And it's really cool. We actually just got back from Florida. We went to Key West. Um, So traveling, very, very important. Um, I'm passionate about traveling. I'm passionate about seeing everything. Like I want to see everything. I want to go everywhere. Um, Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. I think that sums me up. I like my family. They're pretty good, but I, you know, I uh, live in Georgia. Like it's my college town and, and I like it here. Like it's, I don't know. It's very different than like where I see a lot of my friends living. Like I don't live in like a big hustly bustly city. No. Um, it's not a college town. There's a lot of colleges here, but it's like a, it's like a little big town, like mm-hmm. that's the name of a band, uh, or it's like somewhere in between a big town and a little city. Like, uh, uh, like Clarksville, Murfreesboro. No, it's actually like more like Franklin, Franklin. bigger population wise and like not as nice as Franklin. Um, but it's like, there's like a cute little downtown, but it's a little bigger, but there's not like, it's not as big as Murfreesboro and it's not as big as Clarksville. Um, but it's like bigger than like Dixon or Columbia. Right, um, right. And it's like more, there's more people here. It's like, there's probably like 150,000 people here, uh, but okay. it's Macon, Georgia. So it's like the middle of the state. Um, it's cool. It's like my favorite place in the wide world. People knock on it, but it's very cool. Well, it's fantastic. And uh, I believe that pretty much sums up everything I had. Is there any other rants you want to get out or things you want to hit on? Any wise words to the people? I have so many wise words. 
one don't let the haters keep you from doing your thing there we go yeah that's all i got um no i just think that um i don't know like discourse is so important and i think if people talk about things Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, I feel like we all sit on a lot of things and are too scared to talk about a lot of things. And so it's cool that you're doing what you're doing and just kind of giving people a platform to rant on whatever. I'm sure I could have used this time to say something deeper and more profound. Um, but I don't know. I think I'm, I think I'm pretty passionate about college athletics. I think I would add that to my, to my passions and just the college experience. Like I just, I so believe in college. I understand it's not for everyone, but I just feel like everyone needs it's the experience and i feel like people should go away for college i really yeah. really do believe that like i don't know i just i don't know you probably know them all too but people that are just went from spring hill to mtsu and now they're back in spring hill yeah or... I'm, I, I'm actually glad uh that's was like you know one of the things i didn't want to be i don't want i didn't want to stay in state because i was born and raised in tennessee yeah and i had no idea what anything so you know missouri went to University of Missouri up in the Midwest, see what the Midwest is like, never lived in the Midwest. Now I'm in Texas, you know, see what yeah. Texas is like. Um, and, what, uh, what made you move to Texas? Are you in grad school? Is that why you're in Texas? Yes, I've, yes, I've been in school for very long. This is, my, this is going on my eighth year in college. Uh, what, are you, what are you studying? What's your grad degree in? Isn't it like uh, something really like nerdy? Yeah, uh, I'm a PhD student in astrophysics. Okay. So I study uh, stars. Okay. What are you going to do with that? I want to be a professor. That's okay, the end game. I was about to say, you usually only get your PhD if you want to teach. Yeah. I want to so, be a, yeah. So you are probably pretty passionate about college and the college experience. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. When you say that, I completely agree. I, I'm very passionate about college. This, I, just education as a whole and just, even if it just gaining knowledge, even if yeah. it's, you know, any, any fast, I love, I, I listen to podcasts, YouTube channels, like financial literacy, real estate, history of like Greek mythology. Just, I just love, I'm just love knowledge information as a whole. Yeah. And well, yeah. and I think, I don't know, this is going to be a small rant again. I just think it's so important. I, like, Okay, so I do a program at the school I work for. It's called Real Talk. And basically mm. it's like real talk, like real people, real conversations, whatever. Um, and it's a professor series. So we have professors come talk to students about like their struggles. Cause you know, everyone sees professors as like, they're really smart. They must've had it all figured out, like never made a wrong turn, whatever. So it's very humanizing to hear professors talk about their struggles. But then we do a student edition. And the student edition is so cool because the students have to apply and like we work with them to like get their speech down. And I had a student this year who uh, is a minority student and he um, talked about like he he's going to be a scientist or cure right. cancer or do something amazing. Mm -hmm. And he talked about like he knows like he has a platform because he is a minority in science and people don't look at people like him and think yeah. they're going to do that and how now all he wants to do is tell people they can and like I feel like you're similar like you yeah. like I'm sure you've like done the statistics of how many uh, minority astrophysicist professors there are and there's probably not many so you're like I'm going to be the one and I'm going to tell people that they can do it too so I think that's I don't know it's I just think it's so powerful when people use their platform uh, because it would be really easy to like do something great and accomplish it and do it in quiet and not yeah. like share your share your tips and tricks and mentor someone but you can use the platform to help other people achieve what you're going to. That's the plan. It's the plan. I, you know? So I challenge you to keep doing that. I will do my best. Because you're someone's role model and you don't even know it. God, it's that's kind of scary to think about, but yeah. I, yeah, no, you are. You're definitely someone's role model and you don't even know it. They might not even know it, but if you reach enough people, they will. Well, I appreciate the the positive uh <laughs> the positive words. I, you know, it's just good to hear that, you know, reaffirming that I feel like I'm, you know, on the right path to helping. I just want to help people. Well, and I, I think when people. you're in year eight of school, it can get a little draining. It can get uh, a little, like, I don't want to do this anymore. But I mean, if you're on your eighth year, you probably don't have that many left, right? Uh, Probably two. Okay. Well, I, we'll see. I honestly have no idea because I'm just kind of stuck in the chaos at the moment uh but yeah i don't not two at the worst case scenario i believe two what part of texas are you in 
San Antonio. Okay. I'm learning some Spanish. Hola. Hola, como estas? We be any too. That's all I got. Okay. All right. All right. That's all I got. That's all I got. Bien también. Gracias. Mi amo Caroline. <laughs> uh, uh, any socials? Where can people, you know, if, if you got any like contact information, people want to reach you or, you know, if you got anything like that? Yeah, like my like handle, like my social media handle. If you want followers or if you got like an email, if people can like reach out to you or yeah, web, a website I, or. I don't have a website. Um, my name is Caroline. Uh, my Instagram is Caroline, C-U-R-R-U-H-L-I-N-E. Uh, and my email is caroline.carlton1234 at gmail.com. If anyone wants to refute my opinions about <laughs> <laughs> or N-I-L, um, you can, you can poke holes. I, that's my favorite. Fantastic. Y'all heard it here. Uh, again, I appreciate you for coming on. I, I appreciate you for having me. This was so fun. I mean, anytime I literally like, you know, like I posted, I'll, I'll have a conversation of anything, you know? So, yeah. you know, yeah. if you, you want to hop back on at some point, we can get it done and have some more conversations, healthy conversations. Okay, I'm into it. I think I think discourse is very important. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate your time and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. All right, have a good night. All right, see ya. I'm gonna chase-